0: Welcome to JAG's Drive Time with John Osher and Brian Sexton. Sexton. Wow.
2: JAG's Drive Time starts right now.
0: Good morning and welcome to JAG's Drive Time. Brian Sexton along with John Osher here as we get set to present to you in our B-Blog an exciting interview. Tony Dungeon, the Hall of Famer, who will be calling the game with Al Michaels on Saturday night, will join us. John, how are you this morning?
2: I'm good. I'm good. look forward to talking to Tony. Haven't talked to him in a while, and uh, I, it's always good to talk football with. Yeah.
0: And uh, exciting to have him here with Al Michaels and provide some commentary. So let's jump right into big things here on Wednesday morning, and we will start with playoff football. Playoff football is where it's at, and it's different than the regular season. The head coach is working with his team to get them ready.
1: Last week was a was a playoff game for us, and we understand that. And you know the the physicality and the speed of that game uh, is just going to carry over to this game. But you know, uh, having gone through it now with this with the, with this team, I think it prepares you for for what's coming for what's coming next. But you have to constantly remind guys that. You know, everything we do, it's not a, listen, it's not a, it's not a panic situation or nothing, but you just got to remind them that, that everything we do um, on and off the football field this week can matter. And, and uh, not only can affect, you know, affect your performance, but uh, it can affect the team and the game as well.
0: And big thing too, so, so, so similar individually between the quarterbacks and when you take a look at it, it's the same with both the offense and defense of the Chargers and the Jaguars.
1: You know, Justin's is a tremendous quarterback, obviously, but you see some of the similarities there, even with some of the skill receivers and, and what they have, um, you know, running the ball similar.
0: And big thing three, the best defense for the Chargers might be the Jaguars' offense. There are explosive players all over the field, John, and when you look at it, this is a game where you're going to have to score points. And if you look at the Chargers in particular, in their six losses this year, or right, seven losses, in their seven losses this year, they have surrendered an average of 27 points. Mm-hmm. So you figure you're going to have to score 28.
2: Yeah, score. Um, you know, and this is not meant to say anything negative about the Jaguars' defense. But as Doug Peterson likes to say, uh, especially in the playoffs – Every game becomes different and every challenge is different. They've been able the last three weeks to win games because of uh, partly because they've been playing teams who do not have elite quarterbacks. When you play teams with elite quarterbacks in the NFL, you by definition have to score more, and your defense, especially the Jaguars' defense plays, it becomes more what I've talked about all year. Getting a few where you break serve, getting off the field. Think Dallas when they got two big plays out of Rayshawn Jenkins, two interceptions. And the defense, they gave up 34, but I, w- I would make the argument they were huge in that game, made huge plays. Uh, to me, it feels like, I don't think they gave up 34 this week, but the spirit of that game, you know what I'm getting at? You yep. need to make big plays at some point. And to me, this Jaguars defense, it, it is cut out for a game like this. Uh, I don't think – they're an interesting unit in the sense of uh, if if you walked up – if they were giving up 50 points a game and you walked up to these players and said, hey, you guys aren't any good, they wouldn't understand what you were saying. They believe they're good. They believe they were good even at midseason when the stats said they weren't. So I think the confidence level is what I'm getting at. They can give up 28 in a game. They can right. give up 24 in a game and on the last, on, on the last series, they still think they're going out there and getting a stop, that has served them very well this year. Well, their coverage hasn't
0: been all that consistent down the field, and we've chronicled that since Shaq Griffin left the lineup. They've been trying to find the right combination. But what's happened is guys up front have made plays. 27 yeah. takeaways. A year ago, they had nine. We were and, scratching and that our head, defines how do you get nine? their defense, doesn't it? The 27 yeah. takeaways defines it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 100%. All right, let's jump to similarities, because when you take a look, and let's take a look. Right here at the matchup of the Jaguars' offense, and just look and see how similar the two are. Okay, or guess, don't, or, or don't. I guess don't do that, Brian. Perhaps not. Um, in all categories, offense, defense, points, yards, third down, red zone. The the Jaguars and even wins. Right, they have ten. Jaguars have nine um they are so similar these two teams are very very similar the quarterbacks right Justin Herbert has some some uh 4700 passing yards right um Turbo Trevor Holmes Lawrence has 4100 4, 1, yeah right they each have 25 touchdowns they've each completed 66 percent of
2: their passes they've each been up and down a little bit this year meaning the teams uh because they're nine and eight and ten seven so by definition you're up and down a little bit I think the Chargers overall expected to be better than this this year. I think they expected to be 12 wins-ish. And the injuries, I think, really bit them. Uh, You know, the AFC West was supposed to be this incredible division. It turned out to be Kansas City and everybody else again. But the Chargers and the Jaguars both, if you think about this, the Jaguars won their last five games to get in. The Chargers won four in a row to get in, and then Sunday – uh, people out there are a little worried about their performance Sunday. They had clinched everything they could clinch when that game kicked off. So I, I never take that much into account. They're both hot coming in. Uh, both quarterbacks have great hair, which is key. <laughs> so, But, but I, I think offensively, there are some similarities even beyond the hair. Um, Travis Etienne and Eklar, uh, I, I don't say they're the same running back. But the offenses play similarly. They need to pass. But, boy, you better watch that running back if you're the opposing defenses or they can hurt you with big, big plays. When
0: the season began, because this is the third year for Justin Herbert in Los Angeles, the expectation was they were going to take the jump. They were going to make the playoffs right. for the first time in his career, and they were going to become one of those elite teams. They spent the money in free agency, you know, made the trade for Khalil Mack, the whole nine yards. So... We've been talking about the similarities between the two franchises. The expectations for the Jaguars clearly weren't, you know, they were to right the ship, right, make some forward progress and set up a playoff run in 2023. So, all the similarities on the table in front of us. How much better are the Chargers than the Jaguars?
2: Yeah, you know, I I think
0: cuz they're supposed to be. You're
2: in And they're favored is to say they are if you're looking at it from 30,000 feet. Yeah. Because of the things you're talking about. Um the reality is the Jaguars being 38 10 out there. Yeah. Now Herbert was injured. I think it was Keenan Allen didn't he play. Did not play. And Joey Bosa was out of that game early. But so was Rashawn
0: Slater their left tackle.
2: It was still 38 10. Yeah. And uh so the teams are so different now that I don't necessarily you I don't necessarily think you can look at that game and draw a conclusion. But you know, I guess the best way for me to look at this game, I would not be surprised at all if the, if, if the Chargers win. I would not be surprised at all if the Jaguars win. It, it, there's no one hundred percent. That's the point of big thing too. Uh, last week, uh, I talked all week about them needing to make sure they understood the Titans were good and and, and that game could get close. But I would have been surprised had the Jaguars lost because I thought they were the better team. I thought overall there were so many things that favored them. Eventually one played out in the Josh Dobbs situation. Um, I don't necessarily look at this game thinking, wow, one team is better than the other. It's a first-round playoff game between the fourth and fifth seed. By definition, it's this kind of a game where it's close.
0: And I think you could just surmise that the Jaguars have caught up to the Chargers if they're that similar. They've made up you had hoped – when they hired Urban Meyer a year ago, they'd hope that they'd be at this point yeah. right now, right? So then Doug Peterson has to come in and give a coach of the year performance, and catch up. Sure it just seems like they have. Yeah,
2: I. I, I Final thing: the key to this game, I think. Trevor Lawrence at at various times this year, for seventeen games, he has probably looked like like you thought Trevor Lawrence would look, in what twelve or thirteen of them. Yeah, um, I think he he has to look in the playoffs he has to make plays he has to be really really good the way he has been good a lot this year uh to me the better quarterback wins this game saturday
0: totally agree all right when we return the hall of fame coach broadcaster author joins us tony dungy is up next on jags drive time on a wednesday morning from TIAA bank field in jacksonville And welcome back to Jags Drive Time, brought to you here on a Wednesday morning by our friends at Jet Home Loans and also Publix. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Brian Sexton, John Osier here as we get set for playoff football at TIAA Bank Field. And we're honored to bring on a man who's had a very strong impact on the National Football League going back almost 50 years. The former head coach of the Colts and the Buccaneers, you know him as a Hall of Famer, Uh, NBC Sports author, Tony Dungy. Hello, Coach. How are you?
3: Hello, Brian and John. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks
0: so much for making time for us this morning. Excited to get into the broadcast booth for some playoff football on Saturday night?
3: I really am. I think we're going to have the best game of the week for sure.
0: Coach, give us a sense from your perspective on a national level of the job that Doug Peterson has done this year coming in with, you know, a train wreck of a franchise in January. They were just trying to figure out how to get it all back on the rails, and he's got him in the playoffs in one year.
3: Well, I have to tell you, I have a vote on the AP awards, and I voted for Doug for Coach of the Year because I I think what he has done, I knew he would do well, and I knew he'd trans fuse energy into this franchise and get them going. But I thought it would be a a couple of years to really get it. And it clicked in after about eight weeks. Uh, It's amazing. We had the uh, Hall of Fame game uh, for uh, NBC. we were broadcasting and I was down on the field before the game, just kind of watching, taking notes. And Josh Allen came up to me and he said, We are going to be on your show. We're going to be on Sunday Night Football by the end of the year. We're a good team. People don't know it, but I promise you we're going to be there. And we talked about that, and he was right. Uh, He said he could feel the energy. He thought Coach Peterson was the right person for them. Uh, He just – and I felt that from everybody there. Guys were so excited that it was genuine, and um, they've done it.
2: Coach, I'm not sure how well you know Doug. But, you know, in uh, working with you for the seven or eight years we worked together and then working with Doug, so many similarities to me in terms of approach, in terms of the calmness, in terms of keeping things in an even keel. I'm wondering if you know him that well and if you see some of those similarities.
3: I really do. I got to know Doug uh, their Super Bowl year in Philadelphia. I was working for NBC. We had the game and my assignment for the two weeks leading up to that was to – track the the Eagles and report on them. So I was in Philadelphia for a week and I saw the same type of thing. I saw how the players talked about him. I I saw their response to adversity. And uh, that year, if you'll remember, uh, Nick Foles had to take over um, for Carson Wentz. Wentz got hurt and everybody said, oh, the season's over. We had a great run, but now it's not going to work. And none of the players felt that. Everyone felt... Coach Peterson will figure this out, and that calmness and that sense of we're going to be okay, that's, that's what he transmits.
2: Coach, this team has an, an incredible number of uh, free agents that contribute for it, and I know you, uh, when you were with the Colts, it was not a free agent-based team, um, but I'm wondering if you could speak to how difficult it is for a coach and for a team to come together the way this team has. Uh, all three wide receivers or all three of their leading receivers are new this year. Oluwakun's new this year. Uh, Brandon Sheriff's new this year. That's a lot to come together in one offseason.
3: And that's why I voted for, for Doug for Coach of the Year, because that is a difficult task. Usually that's a two- or three-year uh, process. But he's molded these guys. He's gotten them, gotten them going and gotten them together, and it's fantastic. I actually had uh, phone calls with uh, the two coordinators uh, yesterday and today, and both of them pressed. And uh, Mike Caldwell talked about just how these guys have stepped in. And he also said something very interesting to me. He said, we didn't go after that big luminary, that $20 million star. We went after guys who were team players. We went after guys who were hard workers. We went after good teammates. And that's one thing, too, I think, evaluating who you want and who you're going to bring into the mix. And they, they brought some outstanding young people in there. Uh, I happen to know a lot about the Clemson program because uh, I'm very close with Coach Sweeney and been around them. So when they drafted Trevor and uh, Travis Etienne, there was no doubt in my mind the kind of people they were getting. And I, I think that's been the hallmark of this, this building process.
2: Coach, you had a team in Tampa that sort of came out of nowhere and, uh, and I made the playoffs and, and the city was electric. Uh, probably much the way uh, Jacksonville is right now. What's Doug's task in uh, getting this team to sort of thrive on that feeling but not have it overwhelm them? Is that a
3: thing? It it really is, and you do want to build on that and build on that energy and emotion. I I remember the year we we made the playoffs in 1997 for the first time in, in Tampa, and our owners came over on that Monday and said, hey, we've got people buying tickets at the stadium. Do you want to go over and say hi to them? and we're gonna pass out some donuts and juice. So I went over about nine o'clock in the morning, expecting to see a line of 25 people. The line was all the way around the stadium. <laughs> and, and that's the, the kind of energy. And we saw it, um, you know, we, we saw it Saturday in Jacksonville. And I, I just think it's gonna be an outstanding atmosphere. You want to embrace that as Jaguars players and coaches. You wanna know, hey, Our town is behind us. Our fans are behind us. But you still have to say, this is football. And we've got to go out and just execute just like we do in the regular season. Yes, the stakes are higher. Yes, everybody's going to be energized. But you know what? We've got to do our jobs the same way and not get too high.
0: Coach, you have a long history of defense in uh, the National Football League as a player and a coach. So I'm curious your impressions of Mike Caldwell and the job he's done this year. They've been challenged statistically in some categories, but they have 27 takeaways. And just like last Saturday night, they seem in the last month through this winning streak to have a knack to make the play that they need to. That's not something that's easy to coach, I'm sure.
3: I love how they're building it because it does remind me so much of my groups. It's it's a lot of high-energy players out there playing with speed, I think they emphasize that speed and athleticism over size. Uh, they do emphasize the takeaways. And that's how Coach Caldwell believes you win games. And he's got his guys believing that now. So uh, they expect to make those game changing plays. And yes, you're not, these offenses now in, in this day and age with the rules and with these quarterbacks you're playing, you're not going to shut people down. You're not holding people 180 yards in a game. Uh, Things are gonna happen, but when you make the key plays, when you get to the third long and you can get that sack, when you can get that uh, forced fumble, that that interception, that's what's gonna turn the game around. Uh, Obviously, you look back at the first game against these two teams in week three. Early interception, set the offense up, good field position, get the lead, that changes everything. And and that's these guys' mindset.
2: Coach, you mentioned having a feel for Trevor before he came into the league. I'm just wondering your thoughts on him. You're with Peyton for a long time. I'm not asking you for a comparison there, but uh, what kind of uh, franchise quarterback in this kid be?
3: Very similar mindset. Um, I, I see a lot of those same qualities, uh, a, a guy who galvanizes his teammates. Everybody likes him. Everybody wants to be around him. Uh, but the thing that I, I think the biggest quality that Trevor and Peyton have is they hold themselves to a high standard. Uh, Trevor Lawrence wants to play well. When he makes mistakes, he takes it personally. So he's working hard. And when your quarterback is one of the hardest working players, then everybody else senses that they they get in the same mindset and he can hold them to a high standard. So uh, I, I do see a lot of similarities.
0: And just one more from me, coach, and that is you, you started a run of sustained excellence over a period of you know 10 years in Indianapolis. How hard is it? Do you get it started right here now with Doug and the job that he's done and his coordinators? What's the key to being able to be consistently competitive and to build that culture going forward?
3: I I think the key is to build that uh, atmosphere where people want to be there and they want to stay. What you're going to have now that the Jags have gotten a little success and they've got some good young players is, well, the next time around, how can we sign everybody? How can we spread this money around and keep everybody here? Well, you can't if people are saying, I'm just going to go to the highest bidder because you're going to have individual teams that can outpay you. But when guys feel like, hey, we've got something going special here. I want to stay here. I want to be here and be part of this. And they're willing to sacrifice a little bit individually to stay in a good group. Then you keep the momentum going. Uh, They talk to their buddies and free agents take a little bit less. To come to a good atmosphere in a winning situation where you've got a chance to win a Super Bowl. So I think it's the atmosphere that you create. And I think coach Peterson is the perfect person to kind of lead that way and establish that.
0: Coach, we are so grateful for your time this morning, and we're excited to have you in Jacksonville on Saturday night and show you what Duval's all about. Thanks so much. Yeah, have a wonderful. Day. I'm actually coming
3: over tomorrow to watch practice and do some interviews with the players and stuff. I am I'm very pumped up. Usually when I come to Jacksonville, it wasn't uh, it wasn't always pleasant, <laughs> but this is going to be fun for me. Looking forward to it, Coach. Have a great Wednesday.
2: Thanks, Coach. Thank you.
3: Head Coach Tony
0: Dungy, what an honor to have him on. Just what he's meant, not just to football teams, franchises, but to the league as a whole. uh, We're excited to have had him on this morning. We'll take a break. And when we return, we have got this or that. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit. You can do good bank better. And This or That is brought to you by Price.com, the easiest way to save money. With comparison shopping, cashback, coupons, all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. This or that.
2: This or that.
0: Brian and John back with you here on a Wednesday morning. Thanks again to head coach Tony Dungy. I say head coach. The coach, Tony Dungy, Hall of Famer for joining us Um, time for this or that John and I think you've got the question of the week
2: yeah well and it's sort of obvious uh, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert and I think the significant thing Brian is I don't know the answer and when I say it that way I mean at, at the beginning of the season even after week three, Trevor was the, the, the uh, player of the week after week three, and uh, Justin Herbert had been hurt and didn't play very well. I mean, it, actually, that's not fair. He actually played very well considering the rib injury, but Trevor had outplayed him that day. But I don't think many people in the league would have said, well, I wonder who you'd rather have a quarterback. At that time, you would have still taken Justin Herbert because you had seen it. Now going in, yeah. I I think it's a legitimate question that I don't think you really know the answer to. Um I think Justin Herbert probably still has a what is it a, a you know fifty game body of work that overall he's done more in the league than Trevor, but it feels like now that's more of a time issue that he's been he's had more time on task than Trevor.
0: Well, he landed in a situation with right. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and we know that Trevor did right. not have that advantage. But right now, these last eight or nine
2: games, uh, I. I think it's a toss up and I'm going to take Trevor's. I see him every day, yeah. you know, and, and not because I see him in the hallway. And I don't get mad at the answer, but because <laughs> I see knowing what he's doing and where he's going. But I think this
0: is the question that could decide the game. Well, I look, I'm a fan of Justin Herbert. And in 2020, as they were trying to maneuver around in the first round, I was all in on the Jaguars moving up. If they could, to yeah, find they a way wanted to draft to. him. Yeah, they tried. Um, so I think he's terrific. Um, But I think the point of big thing, too, is they're so similar, right? Right, exactly. 66% completions, 25 touchdowns each. Trevor has eight interceptions. Justin has 10. Trevor has a 95.2 quarterback rating. Justin has 93.1. I mean, pick. Here's why I'm going with Trevor. He fits Jacksonville. He fits this marketplace. He's a Southern kid, played up the road at Clemson. You know, his faith is very strong, and that fits in this marketplace And obviously, I mean, a tremendous football player. But if you had either one, you'd be really excited about your future, John. And that's really the key to this team.
2: And I don't know that there is an answer to the question because, you know, I think both of them are on their way to being elite. The 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 intriguing thing about Trevor remains, and this is an off-season topic more than anything. um, I still think Doug believes that there's a year two in this system jump coming next yeah. year. He's been saying it all um, offseason. And he hasn't talked True about it a season. whole lot the last two months because Trevor's gotten better, hasn't been a topic. Well, what's wrong with Trevor, all that stuff. But uh, you still got to believe that there's going to be a jump. If if you think this is Trevor's rookie season, which there's an argument
0: to be made, then, boy, where it could go from here. But that's, that's a topic for another day. So I'll take for my this or that. Is there pressure on the Jaguars team like there was last Saturday night? Or are they playing with house money? What's your approach if you're the head coach? Hey, you're not just here to be here and to be glad, but you're here and no one expected you to be here. You're ahead of schedule. So where is it? Is this team tightened up? Or is this team loose and relaxed knowing they've already exceeded expectations? Was
2: that T-I-T-A-N-E-D up? Tightened, like tightened up. So <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> that, that, uh, now, um I think it'll be the second. I think they're going to play looser, and I don't think it's necessarily that that they, you know, wanted that last week. I don't think the players thought that way going in. But there's something in the water when you have. Uh, I think looking back on that game, I think the Jaguars may have played different from the start of that game. And when I say different, just, you know, I guess looser. Had they been a game down rather than a game up, meaning in the standings? Yeah. H- had they still been the hunted or uh, the hunter rather than the hunted? It just felt like that changed a little bit because there was an expectation among the fans I felt. I got multiple emails saying, hey, we got him this time. Yeah, We got him, Josh Dobbs, you know, all that. I, I think Josh Dobbs being a second or third year or, a, or second or third game quarterback uh, changed the dynamic of that. Nobody thinks that there is a major quarterback deficiency on Los Angeles this week. It's a strength. So I think as a result, you go play that game much looser. So I think, I think more house money than the other. So we
0: talked, you know, the, the walk from where we park on the other side of the arena over here on the game uh, day – uh, it, it took almost an hour because people wanted to stop and talk. There was such an intensity and an expect, and it's a hike. Expect, yeah, expectation uh, that this team was going to perform well. And then I walk out on the field about an hour before kickoff, and there's an energy level that's building. Yeah. I, and I'm not playing, and I'm nervous for them, right? Because it's the Titans. Because right. And I know, having lived yeah. the history of this rivalry, and, and maybe it was just in my head, but I, I don't think so. I think there, you, you couldn't there. have looked at the crowd last Saturday night and said they're here to see us beat these guys and not tightened up a little. Now, having said that, I threw that at every player in the locker room yesterday, and I said, were you tight? Will you be on Saturday? Yes, we were, and and they were sheepish in admitting it. They didn't want to. No, we won't be.
2: Yeah, and and uh, it's a hard thing to explain. It's you know, I don't think you can coach that out of somebody. I, I I think just circumstance, bring it in. Credit to them for figuring out a way to get through that. Yeah. Um, But – I don't think
0: that game circumstance will be there this week. All right. So that's this or that. And when we return, we'll wrap up this edition of Jags Drive Time on a Wednesday morning in advance of the Jaguars and Chargers Saturday night here at TIAA Bank Field. We're back after this. (laughs) For nine years... DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all available inventory. And DreamFinders ads. go Jaguars.
1: Pick up. Under three to go in the first half, Lawrence Keats. Kirk, touchdown Jaguars. Yes
3: sir, yes sir, yes sir. One six. We, go. We, we, up. Up. we up, we up, we up, we up, we up, we up, we up. Eight one three. Yeah. We need a pick.
0: We about to get a pick. About to get a pick. Yeah, we about to get a pick. We are gonna get a pick. Dobbs oh, yeah, airs it out. Perks the target. He's picked. Intercepted
1: by Campbell. Let's go. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. That's what we do. That's what
0: we do. That's what we do. Let's go. mic up, which you can find on social and on Jaguars.com. Evan Ingram is terrific. And when I went to him yesterday in the locker room to talk about the game, he wanted to go back to last Saturday night and make sure that you all knew that he was in utter disbelief, in awe, to use his exact words, of the scene at the stadium here on Saturday. Well,
2: he's been I mean, a, a a revelation. I always struggle with that word. Um <laughs> he and I've said before in this show, a guy who had uh, didn't have the f- time in New York that he hoped as a first-round free agent or as a first-round draft pick and had issues with the New York media as, as any player who's not a Hall of Famer is going to do up there. Um but what a unbelievable fit, strength for this organization. Uh, you see it every time he's mic'd up. You see it every time he's on one of our broadcasts. To me, he defines this free agency class. Ha- has come in, and I, I was talking to Zay Jones. Uh, Mark Long and I were talking to him at his locker yesterday. And Zay made the point of, you know, look at Ev. He, he comes in, he's, he's on a one-year deal, and he is as bought in from day one as anybody on here. And it, now, it's easy to say, well, you should be, you're getting paid, but it's different. Evan Ingram's a Jaguar. I mean, and all these free agents have done that. I, I believe he'll be here next year. But again, it, it's not easy to do that. And I do think the players have found out, Brian, what we already knew, is that if, if you give this fan base even a sip of success it's off the charts it's been hard to support this team for a decade when you're six and ten seven and nine and or h- hoping to get to six and ten yeah. you know the support for that for, for what it has been has been unreal good that's what you're gonna see yeah that was not surprising to me
0: well look i talked to it Andres. was great
2: to see but it was not a surprise
0: I talked to Andre Sisko, um, Christian Kirk, Josh Allen. They all made a point of bringing up Saturday Night themselves. Yeah. So they saw it. And then I went to Brandon Sheriff, who is a total pro, but isn't necessarily the guy who makes himself that available in the locker room. You know, talking to the media is not necessarily his favorite thing to do. But he goes, oh, yeah, he wanted to talk. He wanted to talk about that scene and about his decision to come here. Yeah. And I'm previewing it because it is my Baptist Health JOI player feature in the first hour of radio pregame on Sunday, and he was utterly terrific. By the way, I heard, maybe from you, that sounds of the game is pretty good this week.
2: It is good. It is good. It, it's uh credit to the Jaguar. I don't even know what their department is. Uh, the digital, <laughs> video, it, but um, I joke. I do know what the department is. Yeah they do a great job and sounds of the game it has become a uh, you
0: know sort of a cult following among the fan base with reason it's fantastic. Well I heard that uh, that this week is the best ever and obviously it fits because that was one of the best ever games that we've witnessed here in Jacksonville. All right, we've got a show for you tomorrow so we'll be with you on Thursday here from TIAA Bank Field and as we go I'd like to remind you that the game on Saturday night the Jaguars and the Chargers is presented by dailies dailies it's nicer here and we'll see you tomorrow
2: live nation
0: presents concert week